0: here we are episode five finally the last episode of our look at (laughs) uh sort of the lgbtq infiltration of the church sort of thing and this episode we're gonna hopefully bring you some solutions um spoiler nothing new it's all coming from the bible Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my lovely wife, Nikki. And yep, that's what we're talking about today. Trying to provide any sort of solution that we have to sort of the homosexuality, the homosexual Christian thing that we're seeming to deal with so much in American culture today. And we'll be looking at this kind of first through... The the person themselves, the, the supposed homosexual Christian, trying to offer those solutions. And then secondly, at the end of the episode, we'll be trying to look more directly at the church and how the church should be handling these situations. You know, we spent a lot of time in these last few episodes talking about, you know, the way that the churches have dealt in the past, you know, with the rise of this LGBTQ and especially those mainline protestant denominations and such so um, that's what we're going to be looking at in today's episode and just up front you know whenever you start talking about homosexuality or really any specific sin you know the first thing that always happens is whoever that sin is afflicting is always the finger pointing like well what about that sin and what about you know this other guy who's sexually immoral Mm -hmm. listen all sins that separate you from god are equal and they're all worthy of discussion because um, they all need to be rooted out. Yeah. You know? um, but that's today we're talking about homosexuality. God willing, down the road, we'll discuss these other issues more in depth. But today is just strictly on homosexuality.
1: That's because it's the sin that's being praised um, yeah, and affirmed of... in the churches. That's why it seems to get attacked so much by Christians is because it is a sin. and. We don't want to condemn anybody. That's why we're talking about it, because we don't want them to be condemned. We want to share the truth in love with people who are deceived into thinking that it's not a sin. And it's, it's only out of love. We're not, we're not being judgmental and hateful toward these people. We want yeah. them to come to the knowledge of the truth and really be saved.
0: Because it's like the one sin today that seems to be getting praised and Mm -hmm. getting, like, you know, people being proud of. Like, you don't get a lot of parades for covetousness, (laughs) you know, or envy in today's (laughs) world. So I think that's why it bears a lot of scrutiny right now. Um, You know, we've talked about this in previous episodes. The whole Bible, essentially, almost every book in the Bible is written addressing specific sins at that time where people i mean you know all the prophets were speaking about what was going on you know outside of some of the more end times type prophecies but all of the letters in the new testament they're addressing sins at that time in these churches that they're dealing with so that's why i think homosexuality has been getting extra scrutiny Um, Mm -hmm. and i don't think it's bad it should be Um, we should be focusing on it so uh, before we dive into our that we have to talk about. Do you have anything else you want to say just to get started?
1: No, I just wanted to make that point um, that we're not being hateful, that we're bringing it up in love. and
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll touch just, on this later too, but the hateful thing is to do nothing, to right. say nothing, because as we'll discuss in these Bible verses that we'll talk about later on, the sin of sexual immorality, which homosexuality is, it separates you from God. It will send you to hell um, if you're unrepentant. So the loving thing to do is to talk about it, to warn against mm-hmm. it. The the hateful thing is just to let people be proud in their sin all the way to hell, you know, right. because you're going to be held account to that as well. If you accept these people, we got the verses, but if you just accept these people in and let them, just revel in their sin and you bask in mm-hmm. it with them you're going to be held to account as well yeah. too. so that's not loving
1: after they're going to church for a while and they've heard the gospel but they still have no conviction of their lifestyle you've got to bring it up to your friend like hey you heard the gospel but you keep coming to church so what why do you keep coming to church like what do you like about the church what's drawing you back when you don't even believe the gospel to begin with, so that's a simple question. Like that's, you shouldn't feel afraid to ask your friends that, or I mean, I don't know. I probably wouldn't go and ask a stranger in church that I know that, but I mean, befriend people in order to get a chance to ask them. So we need to quit being afraid. I mean, it, this well, it, is their eternity me, on ma'am, the line. Like. like
0: I'm a guy like, oh, I just thought you looked transgendered. So I yes. just wanted to <laughs> you always yeah. Joke. make sure you ask a friend. <laughs> but no. So the first thing, you know, we got kind of three points here looking at the individual on how we think this should be addressed. And the first one, you know, when you're dealing with this LGBTQ sort of identity wrapped up with Christianity, um, you need. And this is kind of a quick point in the finger, but start looking in the mirror kind of thing you need to stop being handicapped by this whole like I was born with this narrative so it's just who I am because we hear this all the time right when we we've gone through the articles with the bisexual Christian and this is one way you know that I think they have this pride and self-identity because you never hear I'm a Christian who struggles with homosexual tendencies it's a I'm a queer Christian, I'm a transgendered Christian. So you're immediately your identity is placed higher than your Christian identity. Mm. Um, And I'm not trying to go with this into the whole, like there is no gay or transgendered gene in your body. You know, I'm just talking about that simple thing. Like we said, the pride in your sin or this sinful identity that you have. You know, like tell me or tell somebody how pride in your self-identification or like finding affirmation or acceptance in your sin fits in with a Christian lifestyle.
1: Right, right. It doesn't, it doesn't fit in at all. I mean, if you're, if you're just reading God's word, I mean, I I don't know how people argue around plain word of God in different, um, letters to the church. It's, it's obvious. And it's not just homosexuality, like you've said before, even just sexual immorality, adultery, like those are actually already acceptable in the church. Like, this is why homosexuality <laughs> yeah, listen is to our episode beginning on, uh, to be accepted.
0: How the mighty have fallen. I'll try to link it. Those people are the ones leading your church um, in a lot of cases. No, yeah. I, I, we recently watched the second season of The Chosen. Um, and there's a little bit of spoilers in here, but it's the story of Jesus. <laughs> you either <laughs> know or you don't. But in episode seven and eight, Jesus is preparing to give the Sermon on the Mount. And this really stuck out to me as we were preparing this episode. So I actually grabbed, I went old school. I went traditional Bible on you guys because <laughs> we're, we're talking about Jesus's words here. And I'm pretty sure he gave the Sermon on the Mount in the ESV version. (laughs) Um, Don't quote me on that. But I just was, you know, as I was preparing this and I thought, like, how does your pride in your self-identification or this, like, affirmation in your sin line up with what Jesus preached on the Sermon on the Mount? So I just want to read this real quick. Um, Well, just to tie this back to the Chosen. In those episodes, and obviously some people, the— Christian purists out there um, that hate the chosen because it takes some creative licensing with the story. Um, You can ignore this part, but for the rest of us, I thought they did a wonderful job. So the, the way it sort of plays out is Jesus is preparing the sermon and Matthew is writing it down for him. And he kind of gives him the spiel on it. And Matthew tells him, like, you know, kind of the opening's a little bit rough. I'm not sure if people are going to understand this whole you are salt kind of a thing. So Jesus goes away. He's like, okay, I'll come up with something else um, to start the sermon. And he comes back, and he wakes Matthew up, and he tells him, and I wrote this down so I don't misquote it, and he says, I have it. And then Matthew's like, the opening? And Jesus goes, yes. He's like, okay, what is it? And then Jesus tells him a map. And Matthew's like, oh, what? He says, directions. Jesus tells him directions where people should look to find me. And um, he tells him, but how is it? Or, so then he tells him the, the Beatitudes. Um, so let me just read these, the Beatitudes from Matthew 5. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And he tells that to Matthew, and then Matthew says, "Um, how is it a map? Jesus tells him, if someone wants to find me, those are the groups they should look for. And I thought, man, you know what you didn't hear in there? Pride and self-identification um affirmation in your sin he tells you like you need to hunger and thirst for righteousness and mourn.
1: i always thought the morning yeah. mourn over your sin
0: of course and i don't see how this pride in yourself leads you down that road so i think
1: yeah then other people are gonna start saying you know the whole fairness thing oh, he gets to come to church and he's doing that sin. Can I stay in this sin over here and still come too? Like, that is not good. That's This is how corruption happens. And some people start thinking that's not fair.
0: No, it's not. And it's not Christian either. Um, so that kind of brings us to our second point. Um, so the first one is looking in the mirror and realizing that you have this pride of yourself that instead of... Hunger and thirsting for righteousness, you're hunger and thirsting for affirmation and acceptance. And those are not in line with what Christ teaches. The second one is your sexual desires are no different than any other desire. Right. Like, I don't know where this idea has come from that somehow what you desire sexually becomes who you are as a person. Right. We don't do this with any other desire. and not think it's wrong. Making
1: an identity thing. Like, I was born, like you always say, angry. Is that just who I am? Everybody's got to accept it, and I'm never going to change. God's not going to change me.
0: Yeah, you don't just accept that you have an angry personality. No, you go and you seek counseling. You get healed of it. You know, people correct you on it. Same thing, like if you see a big, hugely fat, obese person just stuff in their face full of, like, food and pizza... You don't just go eh, you know they got a big appetite always have you know billy's always had a big appetite guess we just gotta love no like the loving thing is to be like hey man you're about to have a heart attack i know you desire unhealthy foods but you can overcome that desire and you can choose what's better for you mm-hmm. like just because you have a sweet tooth doesn't mean you only eat chocolate no you still <laughs> eat broccoli even if you don't like it because you know it's healthy for you and Like Somehow we've allowed our worthless, godless politicians and um, academics in this country to teach us that a sexual desire is somehow in this other stratosphere than every other desire that you have as a human. It's not. And you can control that desire. And I mean, even in the Bible, Paul tells you that it's best for a man not to touch a woman. But Mm -hmm. if you need to for the sake of basically fornication then you can get married so like he tells you like no it's best if you just don't even do that in the first place Mm -hmm. and this is where i think you sort of have to push back against this doctrine of fairness or we call it like the fairness gospel Mm -hmm. that like well it's not fair that i have a a desire for homosexual um, relations and now i don't get to have sex or whatever it is Whereas the other person, he doesn't have it and he gets to have sex. Who cares? <laughs> so what? The Bible doesn't tell you anywhere that your life's going to be fair. We all
1: have different struggles. You know, there's areas you probably struggle in that I don't. And I can't compare my struggles to yours. Struggle. We just need to say, the Bible said all these things are going to keep us out of the kingdom. How about let's help each other? I'll help you. You help me. And let's stay humble and pray for one another.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've talked this point before and I think about it all the time now when I'm like out running and thankfully Nikki took my headphones today. So I got to go on a six mile jog with no headphones, just me and the insanity that's in my brain. Um, But this idea that if you could just catch a glimpse, one second of a glimpse of heaven and what eternity looked like, you would give everything up. Mm. You know, it talks about Stephen and Acts getting stoned to death, and he doesn't fight back. He prays for the people stoning him, and you see him, he says he looks up, and he sees uh, the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father. Like, he got a small glimpse mm-hmm. of Jesus in heaven, his face shone like an angel, and he smiled basically while getting stoned to death. Like, So if you could teach these people that think, like, well, oh, I'm a bisexual Christian, and Like, no, this sin that you hold on to and find pride in is going to separate you from heaven. And if you could just, you know, ghost of Christmas past, take him up to heaven for two (laughs) seconds and be like, is it worth your sexual sin to keep you from here? Man, you would give it up in a heartbeat.
1: Because you can give it up. You would choose to give it up even if you still like believed this is who I am. You would say, God, I don't want to be this anymore. Please change me. Don't let this be who I am. That is the God we serve. Even if you were born that way.
0: And even if you God, struggle with it well, your whole life, we just read the Beatitudes. God tells you if you're poor in spirit, yeah. you're blessed. If you mourn over this, maybe you can't give in to your sexual desires because you know that they'll lead you to sin. You're blessed if you fight against that. Um mm-hmm. and then I even pulled from Matthew 530, you know, Christ. He tells us that sin is so serious in his sermon on the mount he says that if your hand sins against you cut it off like this idea that you should dismember your body if part of that body causes you to sin now obviously the we're not I telling one to, was
1: just lust it wasn't even that you did the act you were just lusting like you didn't even yeah. follow through with what was going on in your mind and god's like Or Jesus says, gouge it out.
0: So we somehow make this like connection in our mind that this sin that I'm doing just isn't that big of a deal because I love or it's I don't know how we twist it in our mind but Jesus tells you that like if you're sinning cut your hand off poke your eye out like (laughs) it sounds insane but that's the level to what he's telling you you need to get rid of this sin in your life. This is
1: why he came to the earth and He died for our sins, and he doesn't want us to stay in them or make excuses in them, and die to self.
0: Well, and that's our third point here. You know, the third point that we want to talk to the homosexual Christian about is your call to follow Christ is not a free pass to live as you wish to live. Um, You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, we quote a lot on here. He said, "When Christ bids a man come, uh, he." I think he says when Christ bids a man come, he calls him to die. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, You know, when you accept that call, follow me from Jesus, your identity dies. Yeah. Your entire new identity should be in Christ. Everything you are and do should be about pointing to Christ. Yeah, you can't be
1: buried with Christ and then not bury part of yourself, like that identity, and it is really bad to call it an identity that's like, very serious because you're not burying that with christ
0: yeah then, you're like trying to hold on to this small snippet of your old yeah. life um but you can't because you can't you know it tells you that you know a house divided against self won't stand all these so, i mean there's tons of verses but the whole point is like your identity should be all about christ and a reflection of him I think, I don't know the exact exact verse. I don't have it pulled up, but I think it's the apostles, Um, maybe Peter, I'm not sure, but he prays for a man and they get healed and the guy's like uh, praising Peter or whatever. Mm. And I think it doesn't, Peter basically tells him that like, this is not a gift from me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have the power to do this, but it comes from God. Mm -hmm. If I know the verse, it'll be on the screen for the the YouTube Mm -hmm. um, viewers or the Facebook viewers. But yeah, like everything we do in this world, like that's why you shouldn't be having pride in yourself or affirmation because if you're harboring pride for yourself, then you're not giving the proper respect to God. Like, And it's with anything, not just homosexuality, but if you become a great businessman, you're like, wow, you're so successful in business and you're like, well, you know, I study really hard and work. No, man, you should be like, Praise God that he's given me the work ethic I have. Praise God that, you know, I'm able to see whatever it is, you know, in your life. Like, it should all be a reflection in Mm -hmm. moving people to God and not Mm -hmm. having them look at you. And this is what we kind of talked about in the tattoo (laughs) episode that we did.
1: The stumbling block. Well, just the
0: idea that, like, I don't know a reason why you would get a tattoo that isn't sort of self-pride. Yeah, yeah. You're
1: You're drawing attention to your skin and yeah like, where you're putting it is another huge indicator and
0: everything of, you do should be about drawing people to god so even if you got yeah. like a cross tattoo you'd be like look at how spiritual i am <laughs> i don't know and that's just the way i process it. <laughs> yeah. i'm not necessarily saying that and go back and watch that tattoo video we're not so hard on tattoo um, <laughs> havers out there but um yeah so that's kind of our three points on here just to kind of sum them up again that first one is the look in the mirror kind of thing, Um, this whole, I'm born this way, so it's just who I am, you need to let that die, Uh, that doesn't line up with scripture, you -hmm. know, yeah, you might struggle, life isn't fair, you've been dealt a bad hand with homosexual tendencies, that's fine, that's what Christ is for, Um, he helps you overcome those, the second one is this idea that sexual desire is somehow different than other desires, it's not. Um, they can all be overcome. Mm-hmm. They're all bad for you. They all you know, keep you away from God. If there are these um, immorality type yeah. sins, and they can be overcome. And then that third one, when you accept the call to follow me from Christ, it's a call to die to yourself. So if you were that homosexual, transgendered person in the past, that old you should die. That's the whole idea of being born again. You're, mm-hmm. you've started a new life in Christ. Yeah. Um,
1: it might be a really hard thing to lay down because you identified that's who you are. Because we usually don't identify um, ourselves uh, by the sins that we do. Like you may lie. And if somebody calls you a liar, you get offended. And with this one, I I think it would be a struggle, like a really hard thing to lay down because you think it's literally like who you are so i think we do need to be in prayer for these people maybe there is a stronger spiritual hold on them because it is an identity thing because i don't identify myself i don't go around saying i am what i do
0: no satan's done a yeah. masterful job in this realm and especially because the bible tells us that like sexual sin is a, a sin against ourselves that's true. whereas most yeah. other sin is exterior outward yeah. sins sexual sin is against ourselves so yes. it's definitely like super dastardly mm-hmm. if you can so we got to try to keep this moving so that this episode isn't super long so we lastly we wanted to touch on the churches how the churches sort of sort of should handle this homosexual christian because we read so often about these um you know queer christians and stuff that s- go around looking from church to church until they find one that affirms them mm-hmm. um And I don't believe a church should ever be a place where an unsaved or unrepentant person feels comfortable. You know, I don't know if this is just sort of like a seeker-friendly church kind of idea, but you should be preaching in a way that people are confronted um, every day with the seriousness of their sin. And I get the idea of wanting people to be in your church to hear about Jesus, Mm -hmm. but if after a time they aren't willing to repent and turn from their old life, then they're just infecting the rest of the body of believers. Mm-hmm. And the Bible's quite clear. And we're going to go over some verses now. Those people need to be expelled from your church if they're unrepentant.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, I have some scriptures here. I'll just read them from my phone here. Um, so how we are supposed to... I just want to say we're not supposed to view them as our enemies. We're always supposed to um, correct them, but in hopes that they will return. So these are people who profess, they call themselves a brother or sister. They're not like visitors, okay? I just want you guys to understand these are people who say they are followers of Christ. And so 1 Corinthians um, 5 9 through 13. Um, and I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yeah, I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world. Um, so he's making the point, like what I said, um, it's about those in the church that we're to judge. We're not to judge those outside the church. And he goes on to say, not even to eat with such a person, with someone who calls themselves a brother or sister. And this is so that they feel ashamed of their sin. Shame is a good thing. You're not, because when you correct somebody in love, you're not, you don't want them just cast out and never to return to the flock. Like we pray and hope that they do, but they need to understand them staying is going to corrupt the whole body. And if they're not willing to let go of sin, then that's just the way it is. They're going to see if we honor them over God's word, but we have to honor God's word. All right, in the next verse says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Um, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the whole point here, again, we, we want our brothers and sisters who are in unrepentant sin, and specifically we're on the topic of homosexuality, and we bring it up to them in hopes that they will confess their sins because Jesus is faithful to forgive us our sins we know that about jesus we want them to confess it and be forgiven and stay in the fellowship so if we let them stay and they continue in sin i mean their blood is going to be on our hands if we don't say something there is other scripture maybe we could um, put yeah, it on we'll the have screen later
0: down in the show notes yeah. we'll have a couple extra verses we ought to get this show wrapped up so it's not running too long Check the show notes. Um, again, if you're in the church, how they should be handling. Um, and this is for all sinners, but we're just focusing on homosexuality. Right, right. But if they're unrepentant, they need to be removed. And again, in love. So uh, again, it's for the betterment of the entire body. Mm-hmm. So if we look to wrap up this episode, honey, do you just have any final thoughts that you want to toss out there?
1: Well, I just want to say, if someone is in unrepentant sin, but they are a believer, they then they should have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. So, I just, I just wanted to say that I would pray that the Holy Spirit would really, really convict people, show them the Word of God that it is true. Um, just with any sin. I would, I would really think about why am I not convicted? Is that a sign? Maybe I'm not born again, um, and that's I'm not. I'm not saying you're not born again. I don't know who is and who isn't. But looking at your own heart, if you don't have conviction or something in the, that the Bible says is a sin, um, yeah, I would go to God and just say, God, I don't know. I don't know everything. Maybe I'm deceived. Please. Um, convict me of sin if I don't know that it's, if I really don't think it's sin.
0: Definitely. He will show you. And I just want to say, if you know somebody that's in this sin, the homosexual or homosexual sin, bring it up to them in love. Um, But just be aware that they're probably going to be super defensive. So it may behoove you um, to admit your own shortcomings and sins. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, man, homosexuality is a sin, I also struggle with sexual immorality. I have right. lustful eyes that I pray against every night. You know, these are the steps I've included in my life mm-hmm. to try to not fall back into that sin. Or, you know, I struggle with alcohol. Maybe you can keep me accountable and I'll keep you account. Like, whatever it is, like, just know that they're not going to just right. accept it, most likely, um, with no strings attached. So be loving with them. Mm-hmm. Maybe share your own weaknesses because they're going to feel attacked and on their heels um, because they've struggled most of their life. Most people are pretty, um, you know, they don't have an easy go of their life if they struggle with this sin. So uh, just approach it in love, but just know that it needs to be discussed. It needs to be, um, they need to rid themselves of that sin or it will separate them from God. Uh, So that's all we got for you guys um friday we're coming back with good news um we're done at least for a time i'm sure we'll talk about the homosexual thing again but we're coming back with the good news so that should be enjoyable anyways that's all we got love you guys god bless